Okay, everyone, welcome to the 180 living room and family room. You know what? Tell you what, why is, why is a family room the best place in the house? The reason it's the best place in the house is because where the family is, right? So this is good. So as you look around, just remember, you do get a chance to choose friends, but you can't choose your relatives, baby, right? So that's just how that works. So uh, family room's a great spot. Move the cat. Watch out for the popcorn underneath the couch. And, uh, but we're glad just to be in here together today. I want you to think about something, 180 family. I want you to think about this. Cars have roads. Trains have tracks. <laughs> Shoot, even ships have lanes, right? And whatever mode of transport that you are talking about, they all have a preferred pathway that they follow. And the point of a pathway is to get you from where you are to where you would actually like to be, right? Now, some people might argue with a point a little bit on that. They say, no, come on, Pastor Paul, haven't you ever heard of off-roading? Don't you like to have fun? What's wrong with you? It's like, oh, okay, yeah, there is such a thing as off-roading, and that is fun. But you know what's not fun? What's not fun is when you think you're on a road going someplace, and you're actually going in the opposite direction. That's not fun at all. Think about this for a moment. When is a train most free? When is it most free? You know when a train is actually most free? When it's on the track, right? Now, I, I, I understand for us in Chicago, it's also a very big inconvenience when you're on the wrong side of that track and you're awake and you're saying, this thing is never going to end, right? But the next time that happens to you and you're waiting for that train, I want you to think about this. That locomotive, because it's on its preferred pathway, is actually pulling an enormous amount of weight, goods, and people that we can't even begin to imagine because it's on the track. Now, if you take that same locomotive and you take it off the track and you let it go ahead and run full tilt and you put it on the grass, it's going one way quick, straight into the ground, right? It doesn't matter. It can be just as strong. But because it's not on its preferred pathway, it's going nowhere quick. Got to be on the preferred pathway. You know, um, I'm not sure if you've ever found this in your own life, but I found it in mine. Life's a lot harder when you're off the pathway. Life's a lot more difficult when you're off the pathway. I remember a number of years ago, uh, my brother and I, we got our families together. And uh, after the families were together for a little while, we said, kind of like what two guys can do when they're together, they said, you know what, let's just, uh, let's get out of the living room here and let's just, let's go for a hike, right? So we decided to go for a hike that day. And uh, of course, what we do is just two guys deciding to do this at a spirit of the moment. We take ourselves and we take the dog and that's it. And it's a good thing we took the dog because it doubled the IQ just by taking the dog, okay? You know, we, we didn't have any tech with us. We didn't have any compass, silly things like food and water. Who would need that, right? We're just going for a short hike, or so we thought. So we were at a place in rural Massachusetts, actually, a place called Mark's Mountain. It's not totally out there, but it's, it's a ways. There's, not, there's, there's no McDonald's nearby, okay? And uh, we're out going around, and 
neither one of us is willing to admit what's fairly obvious to both of us, right? And uh, so we're not talking about it, but we're just sort of just, you know, feeling our way forward. And at some point, though, a little spark of hope comes up because my brother goes and he observes, hey, I don't think we're too far off. Look, this track's up there. I, I admit, my, my heart kind of rose to it. I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, there's, there's tracks. Yeah, there's tracks of this, there's two dumb guys and a dog tracks. We're going in circles. You know, when you're off the pathway, it's not fun. And, and sometimes the, the, the hurt of getting off the pathway is a lot bigger than when you're just getting lost in a hike. Obviously, I got found from the hike eventually. But um, when you're off in other ways, it could really hurt you. You've been off the pathway? Off the pathway, but... God would really intend for you to have. You know, you know, the crazy thing is, is about getting off the pathway, is that it's not because you necessarily just don't know the pathway you should actually walk on. In fact, there was a time in my life when I knew exactly what God would ask me to do. I knew what was right. I knew the way that I should go. The problem is I just chose not to. You ever been there? Ever been there? And it's like one of those times when you realize that it's not just about a bunch of information. It's not that I just needed to know what was right. I knew what was right in my heart of hearts, but I had other things in to do. You know, I, I, at the, the, the crux of the matter was I didn't really believe God was actually good. There was a relationship I wanted. I knew he didn't. And I said, no, I want this. And I chose to get off the pathway. And you know, what needed to happen is that God just needed to reveal his faithfulness and my stubborn heart needed to break down. And I remember very clearly him taking a portion of his word which says, he has made us more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you know that's true for every single person in this room that turns to Jesus in faith and trust for salvation found in him alone? And I remember the Holy Spirit bringing that portion of Scripture to my mind because I knew the right information. And I remember God very gently letting me know, that, you know what, I have made you to be more than a conqueror, but right now you're more than a loser. And I knew it was true. And he gave me the grace to repent and get back on the pathway. He wants to do the same thing for each of us. You know, I love this portion of scripture. It comes uh, from Psalm chapter 32, verse 8. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. You see, we're given a pathway that we might avoid costly mistakes. That's why the word of God tells us, it says, your word, it's a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path. He wants to be a very present help for you and for me. And yet, oftentimes, we look for that help in a thousand other places, with the exception of the one place where the help could actually do us some good. You know the self-help Industry in America is a multi-million dollar conglomerate. 
all ways that you can kind of bootstrap your life and improve it by simply taking these three steps in your own effort. You know, one particular flavor of that motivational industry actually comes in the form of motivational posters. Have you ever seen these before? You know, these are the motivational posters that are out there. You'll often see them in offices. And there's usually three parts to it. One, it'll have like a title on the top of the poster, followed by some sort of, you know, sort of inspirational image. And then it'll have a further explanation below. So it might be this. It might have the word leadership across the poster. And then behind that poster, you'll see a giant eagle that has its, its, its wings are spread, you know, it's soaring high above. There's, there's snow-capped peaks and valleys down below. And it's just, you know, moving along majestically. And, and then the idea below says something like, you know, be the inspiration of others, lead the way. And you know, so it's like, all I got to do is look at this poster and I'm set, right? You know, it's like, and if we think about this for a minute, like, okay, come on, this is not work this way, you know? You're not going to soar with the eagles if you're hanging out with a bunch of turkeys. It's just not going to happen. And so it's not just, I think, the maybe astute person in here that has observed this. There's actually an entire segment of the motivational industry that also recognized, okay, this is a little over the top. And, and actually, they thought up a parody industry that goes along with it. It's sort of a... Um, it's sort of a spoof on some of the things that you might see out there. And so they call themselves the demotivator motivators. Okay? I, and I believe they fly under the umbrella of despair.com. Um, let me show you one of my favorite images. Here's one of my favorite images for them. It's emblazoned with the word mistakes. <laughs> and behind, it's a shipwreck of mammoth proportions with the ship going down. And it says, it could be that the purpose of your life is only to serve as a warning to others. <laughs> and you say, Pastor Paul, that is cold. It is funny though, isn't it? But I, I gotta take a little bit of discrepancy with that. It might say the fact that that's where mistakes land you, but you know what, there's an exception to that. The exception is when you place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, he wants to take even your gravest errors, your most terrible mistakes. He wants to take them, and he will redeem them. Now, I, I'm not saying that you'll necessarily be spared from all the consequences of those mistakes. But he wants to redeem each and every mistake and take it to be a place to start you off afresh in a powerful way. That's the power of Jesus Christ. That's right. Put your hands together for the Jesus Christ in there. Amen. And yet, you know what? God's desire is to see those things not only then redeemed, but he would like us to avoid them altogether. That's why he gives us his word. And here at 180, we want to help you avoid common mistakes in your Christian life and instead take hold of the life that Christ has for you. Okay? Now, it sounds good. Okay, you say? But how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, in a moment, what you see up here, you see a bunch of white placards. In the moment, we're going to actually turn these around, and you're going to see 
some steps that I believe that God very clearly lays out for every single believer. And we're going to walk you through this to help you understand the how better. Now, if you've been walking with us for the past couple weeks, you might have heard some of the messages, first by Pastor Carl, then by Pastor Ajit, talking firstly, we've talked through why 180 in the first place? Why does every single person need a 180? And the reason why every single person needs a 180, to sum that up, is that all of us in this room, at one time, we're born with our backs to God, and we're going off in our own direction. And it's completely opposite to the pathway that God has for us. We're walking this way, and he, by grace in Jesus Christ, and our faith in him, wants us pointing this way. That's why we need a 180. We talk about, okay, well then if we do that, what are we supposed to be about? Well, as a church, we dream of revolutionizing Chicago, that it affects the entire world. We want to help people come fully alive as devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. And along with that, there should be some things that describe us as a people. As a people, we should be noted as people that are self-deniers. We should be noted as people that are love-givers. We should be noted as a people that ultimately are disciple makers because they're scripture consumers. But again, the question becomes, how do we do that, though? And that's what we want to walk through in this brief time that we got together. Do you know that the average Christian home in America today resembles far too closely its secular counterpart? There's just as many broken promises, just as many broken homes, just as many betrayals. You see, it's missing the power that God has for you and for me. And I have four words I want to tell you. Not at 180 Chicago. Not at 180 Chicago. Not because we're better, but because we're going to stay very close to the pathway. And at the very end of this time, here's what I want you to be able to say. I don't want you to say, Pastor Paul, that was a great message. Well, to be clear, I don't want you to say that was a terrible message either, okay? But I want you to be able to say three words to me, though. I get it. I get it. That you understand how you are supposed to walk on this pathway. Is that fair? Okay, well, we're going to do this, and we're going to spend a little time walking you through what this should look like. But first, I'm going to show you, before we get into the individual sections here, I'm going to show you a portion of Scripture that, for some of you at least, might be very familiar. And therein lies a grave danger. Sometimes we can become overly familiar without really understanding how the application should work. So I'm going to put up on the screen here behind me, Matthew chapter 28. We're going to actually look at verses 18 all the way through 20. First of all, I'm just going to put the two verses up first. Grab your Bibles. If you have them with you, you should, I hope. And you can reference along as we go on the screen here together. Matthew chapter 28, beginning on verse 18, reading out of the NIV, says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Now, as you're just finding that and you're kind of a, con, you know, conferring with your own Bible, can we agree that's what the text actually says? You see that? Okay. All right. So we've got some nods going around. All right. I'm going to go ahead and move over to the next verse in just a moment. But before I do that, if you're online or if you're just right here in downtown Chicago today, I want you to give me your eyes. 
So now I want to get you out of your own Bibles, okay? This is called cheating if you look back down right now, okay? So keep your eyes up. We're going to go to the next verse. The next verse, and what I'm going to ask of you to determine, is this true or is this false? Go ahead and let's bring that up for them, guys. The next verse says, And teach them what I said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, I'm not going to ask you to answer out loud, but I want you to consider, is this true or is this false? Now, the astute ones would say, well, since you're asking the question, I'm going to go with false. Okay? And I'll say that's correct. It is false. I didn't actually put up what the text actually says. But so here's my question to you. Why is it false? Why was that false? Seems so right. Let's go ahead and put the correct text up, can we? Here's why. The text actually reads, and teaching them, not just what I said, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, there's a big difference between just getting a lot more information or actually moving towards application. And Jesus says, not just blessed are those who hear, but those who do the word, you see. This is a very easy thing to miss, and this is something we got to just be spot on as we go forward here. See, at 180, we dream of revolutionizing Chicago that reaches the world, and that's only going to happen as we follow closely on God's missional path for you and for me. So we call this, simply enough, 180's missional path, all right? So that's what we're going to see. I'm going to need a couple of volunteers, though, and if not, I don't have any volunteers, I'm going to make a voluntold. Okay, Justin, you're a voluntold, okay? If you could, come on up to that first placard on the right. I don't want to walk all the way over there. In a minute, Justin is going to move this by, um, further on our talk here today by turning that over. So just give me a second here, Justin. Um, we're going to be doing this, and thank you very much for being uh, the Vanna White here this, this morning, right? So appreciate that. And for those of you who don't know who that is, it's not important. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Justin, why don't you go ahead and turn that over as I read from John chapter 7, verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. I'm sorry, let me back up one. 737, on the last day and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Thank you, Justin. You can have a seat. Come to me and drink if you are thirsty. That is what we celebrate here at 180 Chicago right now. What we celebrate is what the scriptures tell us. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Our past mistakes, our past choices, they don't define us anymore. What defines us instead is that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. That is something to celebrate. Do you understand every place else in society, you are determined by what you've measured up and what you've been able to accomplish on your own? 
It's only in biblical Christianity, in knowing Jesus Christ, where he says, you know what? No, no, no. you got to understand this. You look to me in faith and trust through the cross of Jesus Christ, and all the righteousness that rightly belongs to God's son, Jesus, is actually placed on your life. That is something to celebrate. Do you know the Bible has other things to say? Things like, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but the world is all about really condemning us, especially when we've made our own mistakes. And instead, the Bible says, no, no, no. There is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. He instead gives us new, op- new opportunity. You know what the Bible teaches us? It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those that love him. Look around, people, and what you see today and take great joy and celebrate with us the fact that what you see in the heartache today is the closest to hell that you will ever come. There's a lot to celebrate. It's an exciting time. And so if we're downtown or if we're up in the northwest burbs where we'll be starting, as we come together, we celebrate this reality of what we have been given so freely in Jesus Christ. And yet, that celebration is just the start. God invites us to come and see just how good he is. One of my very favorite verses is from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6. It says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. So he wants you to explore and discover and see just how good the rest of life can be in Christ. Justin, we need you. Why don't you come back up on that side? He's like, man, why did I sit here? Let me read to you the next verse. I read it earlier, but let me read it now. That same chapter, John chapter 7, verse 38, goes on to say, whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. Go ahead and flip that over. You know, there's so many things for us to discover about being part of his body. We're not called just to believe. We're called to belong. And that's why we can talk about one another as family, you see. Because God rearranges and changes things around in a beautiful way. In a beautiful way. And so we talk about the importance of once you've placed your faith and your trust in Christ, once you've started on that pathway, and as you celebrate with us and you celebrate with others, you move on and you begin to discover what it really means to be part of a family. We call it membership. Membership. And you know, it's such a bad rap, the term membership today, because so more often than not, you know what we think of? We think we're going to pull out my Costco card, and I'm going to go get some cheap gasoline. I'm going to put more junk in the trunk than I possibly could ever use. And uh, that's not what membership is about in the body of Christ. We're not going to give you a discount card. It doesn't work that way. It's much, much more significant You see, when we talk about becoming a member here at 180 Chicago, what we talk about is just like my fingers are members of my hand. And because my fingers are members of my hand, they can do things and accomplish more and be all that it's supposed to be. If you look at my hand and say, well, Pastor Paul, which one of your members don't you want? And I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to keep all five. Thank you very much. 
Okay? I'm going to keep all five. And if God the Father was asked, which member of 180 Chicago don't you want? You know, I think he'll tell you. He says, I'm going to keep them all. I'm going to keep them all. That's why the son came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why the good shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Because he wants to keep them all. And God wants to keep you. And he will keep you as you function as part of his body. And that's what we mean on the second step of the pathway of uh, missional pathway here at 180 Chicago and biblical membership. Well, the spirit gives without measure. And yet, there are some things that we just need to understand in our own life that we have some propensities to go south when God's asking us to go north. The reason why the scriptures tell us that we all, like sheep, have gone astray is that we tend to go our own way, right? Okay? We just do that. Now, I need another voluntold. I think it's going to be Sid. Sid, come on up, if you can. I'm going to explain this next part of the pathway in just a minute. He's going to reveal the third step in that pathway. Uh, just wait as I read the scripture, and then you can go ahead, uh, Sid, and turn that over in just a moment. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Go ahead, Sid. Why don't you turn that over for us? And while you do that... I'm going to get another prop to hopefully help us understand this in just a moment. You know, I, uh, I grew up in New England. And uh, someone who's born and bred in New England, we have a very interesting thing about our lives, actually. And that is, we continue to reuse the same thing all the time. In a very regular basis, you know, we think things are old out here in Chicago. If it goes back to the 50s or that sort of thing, it's just like, good night. You know what, when we're talking in New England, we're saying very regularly, no, 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 we're not talking the 50s, we're talking 1800s, 1700s, and sometimes 1600s, okay? So it's just like, that's what you're talking in terms of old. So sometimes there's a lot of old stuff that's just around. And so some old technology that actually I grew up with that I'd like to introduce you to is what this bucket here represents. This isn't just any bucket. This is actually what's called a stave bucket, okay? And here's why it's called a stave bucket. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show you on each side. What you notice here is that the bucket has these individual slats of wood, okay? And the slats of wood go down all around the bucket, and then they're ultimately bound on around the circumference by two metal bands, and those slats of wood then make up the bucket. And then, lo and behold, you had some incredible technology where you could actually carry water or bring things from one location to another. Now, this particular portion of the stave bucket here in the front, though, has a problem. What's the problem? Well, the problem is, if you're looking really closely, although the bucket is designed to go from here to here, if you look in the front, this stave, this slat, is a little lower, and then this one is actually even broken off right here. So let me ask you this. If I had some water and I was going to start filling this up, can I go ahead and fill it to the top? Oh, come on, but that's what it's designed to do, right? It, it, and it would be true if it wasn't for the fact there's a shorter stave and there's a broken stave, and it's the shortest stave and it's the brokenest, broken stave that actually determines the capacity for this bucket. Make sense? We have broken systems in our own life. That was a broken system of a technology of, of a stave bucket. 
But we have areas in our life that are broken as well, and they need repaired so that this living water that God has so freely given us can be poured into our life and taken and to be used by him in significant ways. There was another guy, another pastor actually, a bit more significant than yours truly, who also grew up in New England years ago. His name was the name Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was used by God in a pretty powerful way. In fact, the moving of the, what was called later on the Great Awakening was really done through this guy's ministry where a number of people came to Christ and it affected the entirety of the society of this early country in significant ways. We're praying, and some people are praying, even right now as we're meeting together, that the same thing begins to happen here. Now, Jonathan Edwards, he actually came up with 70 resolutions that he penned to be able to help himself and those that were close to him follow Jesus more closely, different areas of his life. Now, we're not going to introduce 70 resolutions to you. We are going to introduce to you seven resolutions. And the third part of our pathway here says T7R groups. The T7R stands for the seven resolutions groups. And what we want to do and challenge each of us here at 180 is to work through these issues where the systems, the systems in our life are broken and needing repair. Because we want to increase the shortest areas of our life so that the living water that's been given us can be taken and used in a powerful way by God. And so with those seven resolutions, I'm not going to walk you through all of them right now, but let me give you a couple. Let me give you a couple. You know, many times we as a church get so confused, we think we have to dream up big things to do for God. The reality is God already has something in mind for you to do with him. And so the very first resolution that we'd like you to think about a bit is joining God. Jesus said, my father is always at work. And so we want to help you come to a place where you're assessing in your own life, how do I join God presently with what he's doing right now in October 2023? We want to help you do that. And then we also want to help you, you know, another one, I'm just going to share at least one other one. They're all important because they all determine capacity. But another resolution would be saving time or being really redeeming time. You know, the Bible tells us this clearly, that the days are evil, therefore redeem the time. God wants to help you do that in a powerful way. And so as part of a T7R group, here's what we're going to do. We're going to help you get an assessment. You're going to understand where you're strong, and you're going to understand where you're weak. And then we're going to go ahead and we're going to provide some training to help to know how we start making a difference. And then we're not just going to leave you with information. We're going to help you live it out. Okay? So that's the third part of the pathway. The last one, Sid, let's go ahead up to the fourth one as we turn this over. I'm going to read this, and as I do, I'm going to get to the verse, Sid. You can turn it over. But I just want to say quite clearly this. As a people of God, you were not designed to be simply part of an institution. Rather, you were designed to be part of a revolution that the God the Father has for you to help a rebellious world understand that they are loved and understand that they may be at peace with God as well. This is super important. God wants to use you in this strategic way. 
Isaiah chapter 12 puts it this way. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. The fourth step in our missional path is to help you become a revolutionary people. A revolutionary people where we are living out our mission. Please understand, this is so much more than simply just going to church. God wants you to be the church. He sets you free to be and do mighty things in his name. Mighty things. That's right. Give it up for that. Four specific ways I'm going to talk to you about briefly, and I'm going to give you a very practical challenge as we end. You might help that happen. You might be that revolutionary people. We are living out your mission by helping us craft these times of these celebrations. Maybe it's up in Northwest. Maybe it's right here in downtown. Maybe it's in another location besides those two. We really want you to be thinking about this. We believe we're one church with many missions that God wants us to do. But to do that, we need you. God needs all his members activated, moving, listening, empowered, and with joy taking the next steps together. It might be stage of life. Stage of life is like maybe you might have a heart that God has put in you. You have a heart for kids. Or maybe somehow supernatural, you have a heart for junior hires, right? Or, or, or maybe, maybe you have a heart Maybe you have a heart for college kids. Or maybe you have a heart for young professionals. Or maybe you have hearts for old guys like me that carry an AARP card, right? So, so whatever the case is, you might have a heart for a particular person in a particular stage of life, and we want to help you live out that mission and engage together. Maybe your heart is to see the good news very clearly in the darkest corners of both our city and in areas of our world. And we want to help you take that. You see, the scriptures make it plain. Jesus says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. God wants us sharing the goodness of that we've been given in Jesus Christ with others. Or maybe, maybe for you, it just might be exercising these priorities right through your home. We want to help you do that. Well, Corey's on the keys here. And just as we close, I have three questions for you. Three questions. As you consider this pathway here, that we've just walked through. Now you know how we're going to seek to make disciples here at 180. The first question I want you to ask yourself, where are you at? Where are you at? Where do you identify yourself on this pathway? Have you not yet placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Then we want to celebrate with you as you make that decision. We want to see that happen. Where do you need to be? Where do you need to be? If you've met Jesus, but you just simply haven't been plugging with a family, maybe that's pretty evident of where you need to be. You need to walk through what it really means to become a member. We're going to give you opportunity for that. Pastor Carl's going to walk you through that as we leave here today, and you got some opportunities to make that happen next week. And what would God have you do? You know, as those broken systems are fixed in your life, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you see how God has really made you to be a revolutionary people. There are some things that the Holy Spirit may be telling you right now that we don't have any zeroed in on yet as a church, but we're gonna. 
and you're going to help us do it. So where are you at? Where do you need to be? What would God have you do? And as we close here, we're going to do something we have not yet done in the history of 180. There are a number of people that are praying for you right now. We're asking that you come in and join that prayer movement this week. And this is how it's going to work. In a moment, I'm going to put up a QR code for you. And I want you to pray for your next step and the next steps of the church over the noon hour this week by enrolling in our first ever church-wide prayer time. You say, well, how do I do that? I, I got to be at work. Me too. So this isn't something where you're meeting with someone else on Zoom. This isn't something where you actually have to leave, leave, leave home and, and make this happen. This is a commitment we are asking you to make where wherever you are, wherever you are, you are taking the time to pray through these three things. Where are you at? Where do you need to be? What would God have you do? And we're praying for us as a church as well. Okay? So take out your phone, snap that QR code. I'm asking you to make this commitment now because we need you. The Father needs you. You're part of the family. He wants you to be part of the family. And as Pastor Carl comes up now to take the next steps with us, I want to encourage you, make this your next step along the pathway. Join with us together in prayer. Let's see God do mighty, mighty things. Great word, Paul. Anyone else like Paul's heart here this morning? No, I, I just, I want to come back to one thing. Paul, I want you to hold on to this for me. Listen to me right now. We are actually going to have one of these custom built with seven of these slats. I don't want you to miss this important thing. The Spirit of God is pouring into our lives constantly. But for some of us, as Paul said, it's time redemption. That system in my life is broken. Guess what? It impacts every other area. We just got no water. We got a life that can't hold water. If you've got the wrong friends, that doesn't mean you go scorched earth on your friends. It means you just gravitate toward people that are going to be lifting you up rather than taking you down. There are so many things that we're going to look at in these seven resolutions. But know this. God wants to give you more than good information. He wants to give you transformation. And some of us in this room have waved a white flag on things in our life that we thought, I'll never win on that one. No, I need you to know something. The tomb is empty and our God is alive. I am seeing people get freed from the craziest stuff. I'm seeing people shake loose of stuff that they've had for a long time. People that have never known how to put healthy biblical boundaries on dysfunctional family. You're saying, Carl, does the word have something to say about that? You betcha. And we're going to talk and walk through with you because we're moving from mere Sunday celebrators to rev people living out a mission. And I want you to know I'm in the same walk of faith with you. I'm going there with you. My bride, Jubes, she's going with us. 
We're all going down this path together. Let's go for it. Good work today, bro. I love you. Back here. Um, this is super important. Now, let's make this low pressure. because Some of you heard the, the noon hour. I don't care if you give us the noon five minutes. I'm asking you, when you get this text alert, we've got this cool new texting device that will alert you. I'm just asking you to take five minutes, tell a friend, I got to go use the restroom. Use the restroom, because you don't want to be a liar, but then walk around the corner and just pray, God, would you help my brothers and sisters at 180 today? If you bring up a face to mind, maybe not a name, but maybe a face, pray it out. And let's just watch what God does. Okay, guys? Really proud of you, Paul. Great word, man. Love your heart. Love your heart, man.